Our study is in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to just begin with verse 1 to get a running head start. Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from your heart with good will, doing service as to the Lord, not to men. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. And you masters, do the same things to them. Giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven. And there is no partiality with him. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will take your word tonight. And Father, that you would implant it in our hearts. That we may serve you that we may be like you in the world in which you have placed us. May we shine brightly for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, does everyone have sermon notes? If you don't, raise your hand and we'll bring you some. We're, we're, we're going to get started with a little review from last week. Our whole focus from last week was children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I just gave us real practical examples of how we should discipline our children. So this is a review from last week. If you weren't, were not here and you want to hear this message, we have it recorded. And you can either look online and listen to it, or we can make you a CD. But if you have kids, young kids, you need this message. It's very, very practical. So we start with discipline. Discipline equals love is what God tells us. We learn that true love means we will discipline. And if we don't discipline our children, we don't really love them. So we have to discipline them. We learn from Hebrews 12, 5 through 11, that pain is a tool that trains and teaches us, that helps shape us into people of righteousness, righteousness, R-I-G-H-T-E-O-U-S-N-E-S-S, righteousness. I'm just giving you the snippets from last week, okay? If you want to hear this, you've got to go back and listen to the whole thing. Punish quickly. Do not discipline your children when you are angry. Don't tell your children you're going to count to three. Discipline your child as soon as they disobey. You will find that your heart is much more tender and compassionate. But if you wait, 
Anger grows, and we are so much more susceptible to sinning. Your children can really make you mad. I'm telling you, I don't know how or why, but they can. So don't wait. All right. Don't just spank your children. Discipline them. What do you mean, Pastor? Some parents just start swinging at their children. And we're not teaching our children anything when we lose control and we run after them with a broom or grab them by the hair. Okay, we're not teaching them anything except how to go crazy when they become a parent, all right? We are to train our children. Your children are going to do what you do, okay? Your children are going to discipline the way you do. So let me tell you something, you better do it right. You better do it right, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to find the next generation, they're going to do it right too. And your children will respect you. You can talk to my children. You ask my children if they respect me. And every single one of them will tell you, yes, I respect my father. Because I punished them and I disciplined them the way the scripture said. But not with just a spanking or, or, or a spanking alone. Let, track with me. It must be done private. You're going to discipline your children in private. You're going to take them into their room or you're going to take them into your room and you're going to sit down with your child and you're going to ask them what did you do wrong tell mom or dad tell me what you did wrong yes that is correct you did that and that is a sin against god and you have to be punished for this that's what god's word says teach your children that you and your family in your house Follow God's word as the guidebook for your life. You tell them, we follow God's word. And so this is what God's word said. Write this down. Disobedience is sin. Even if you may see, think it's, oh, well, that's just so petty. Disobedience is sin, parents. Do you understand that? It doesn't matter how petty it is. Disobedience is sin. So after you punish them, love them. After spanking, take your child into your arms. There should none of, there's none of this shunning. When you're disciplining your children, there's no shunning. You don't say, yeah, and that's what you get. I'm mad at you. And walk out of the bedroom and slam the door. That's not discipline. Discipline is love. So when you spank your child, you take them up into your arms. I told you that when my children became teenagers and after I, I punished them, they, and I said, give your dad a hug. Sometimes they stood there looking at me like, I don't want to hug you. You just grounded me and I can't go to my friends. I'm, I'm, give me a hug. They would either give me a hug right then or I'd say, you know what? The Bible says, right? Some of you remember this from last week. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So before you go to bed at night, tonight, you're going to be in my room and you're going to give me a hug. And you're going to tell me, I love you, Dad. And I'm going to tell you that I love you, too. That is discipline, according to God's word. So hug your child, love them. And this is the most important part, parents, 
Teach your child to confess their sins and ask God for forgiveness. Remember, spanking and grounding do nothing to take away your child's sin. Your child must confess their sins to God so that they will be forgiven. Okay? Now, if you want this, what we talked about last week, please talk to Willie. He'll make you a CD or or it should be online. I asked Dan to put it on our website. So we're going to continue with this thought. Father, do not provoke your children to wrath. This is a real, a very common problem today. We almost consider it a normal teaching tool to provoke our children. I'll share with you more in a moment. But to provoke our children to wrath means this, to push them over the edge. To push our children over the edge. To push them to some point of a breaking point resulting in the child's collapse or giving up or an outburst of anger. So, for example, maybe a dad might say to his son, if they're playing a particular sport or if they're working on a particular project, you little sissy, come on, you can do this, sissy, sissy, all right, that's very common, all right, until the child breaks and the child either cries or, or throws some type of tantrum, The world considers this motivation. I call it abuse. All right? And I want you to listen. We're Christians. We're going to motivate our children in other ways. Is everybody with me? You can say amen if you'd like. All right. Okay, number one in your notes. Dads, and I want to say this to uncles. I want to say this to grandfathers. We should not use name-calling to motivate our children. We should not use name-calling to motivate our children. There are much more positive ways to motivate. The amazing thing about our minds is this. We will never forget. Never. You will never, ever forget. If If someone called you a sissy, if your father called you a sissy... You will never forget that. And here's, here's the thing, dads. When your child is a bit younger, maybe 8, maybe 10, you don't really know what type of personality that child has when they're that young. Name calling negatively, that's the blank, negatively affects all children, scarring them, putting them at a disadvantage in life. When they're that young, they will be less likely to volunteer in school. They will be less likely to try out for things for fear of rejection, for fear that someone will call them names. They may not want to go out for the school play. They may not want to go out for sports. Their self-esteem is beat down, and you can see it in many areas, but especially in their grades. Don't, parents, especially dads, because this is talking to dads, but parents, don't call your kids names. That's not how we motivate. Number two, when dads degrade, it's almost 
irreparable. You need to hear that. When dads degrade, it's almost irreparable. Now, kids are going to call each other names. I, I hate that, but there's just no way you can stop it. If your kids go to school, if they play any type of sports, they are just ruthless and mean. Calling each other names, you wimp, you know, things like that. But moms and dads should never call their children names like you wimp or you're stupid or you're an idiot because that is devastating to a child. When parents say this, it cuts deeper and it is more devastating. And here's why. Because parents are nurturers. You see, from the moment that our children are born, moms and dads are cuddling and caressing and protecting babies from all harm. That's what we do. And so write this down. Children have no guards up to their parents. Are you listening, church? We have no guards up to our parents. We never expect the knife to come from our parents. Because they are our caretakers. They are the lovers of our soul. No defense at all. Now, to outsiders, we naturally, emotionally put up a defensive wall. But to our parents, the nourishers, we have no defense. So when they say destructive words and call us names and yell with anger and hatred on their faces, it it cuts deeply. And the devastation is almost irreparable. Parents, get control. Don't call your children names because it will damage them beyond repair. Number three, when we push our child past certain limits, we could be creating a monster. As I said earlier, your child's personality is still forming. But if you push them over the edge, they could actually form, that's the blank, they could actually form, uh, could form them, that could form them negatively, causing them to be violent or turn into a, a bully. The fact is, most bullies are abused at home. They're simply carrying out the behavior that was inflicted upon them. Pushing your child too far could ruin them. So parents, especially dads, be aware of this. Change now while you still have time. Don't push your children over the edge. Let's look at bond servants, verse 5. Bond servants, be obedient. Verse 5 teaches us bond servants were to obey and be respectful to their masters. This is very foreign for us. Uh, So let me explain the the times. Much of the Roman Empire was made up of bondservants and slaves. These individuals had no rights. They were property. Their masters could mistreat them and, and beat them legally. I remember thinking at one point, as I had read through the scriptures many times, why didn't Paul seek to set 
these bondservants free? Why didn't he rebuke these masters? Why didn't he march? Why didn't he organize? Why didn't he petition? Why didn't he fight this inhumanity? In your notes under missionary model, well, Paul did not receive this command from the Lord. Paul rather taught them how to get along with one another within the framework of their present government and their present life. I think it's a perfect missionary model. We have to remind ourselves that we are not of this world. We are not to get too entangled with the world's affairs or to try to change the different governments around the world but we are to stay on subject. Jesus is the hope of the world. Repent and be born again. Amen? That's what we are to say. Imagine the Apostle Paul trying to change the different countries he went to. Impossible. He was literally, in some countries, only days So Paul took the spirit, write that down, Paul took the spirit of Christ's teachings and he presented that to the different nations that he visited. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He taught each nation the principles found in God's word. If you want to be the greatest, be the servant of all. If you want to be the greatest, be the servant of all. Bond servants were serving. They were the greatest as far as God was concerned. And if they served properly then they would not be beaten. They would not be mistreated. The bond servants were to serve their masters as if they were serving Jesus himself. Not pretending to be working hard only when their master was watching, but truly working hard from their own heart to God's. If they would work as if they were working for Jesus, God would take care of them. God would recompense them. He would make sure that they would be blessed and it didn't matter whether they were slave or free. God treated them the same. In your notes, I wrote employers and employees because the same principle applies to us today. God expects us in our workplace to work hard, not just when the boss is standing there watching, but he expects us to work hard all the time because Jesus is always watching us, right? Jesus is always watching. And we need to be working as if he was standing there and all of our work was for him. Now, this is something that we know but it's something we all need to be reminded of. It doesn't matter whether you like your work or you like your boss or you like 
your coworkers. You need to work hard as if you were doing this particular project or work directly for Jesus Christ. And listen, God is fair with his people. If you deserve a promotion, God will not keep it from you forever. Yes, he may delay it, but he will not keep it from you forever. Believe me, God will bless you. He will promote you. But if you're a slacker, God knows that too. And likewise, God will be fair with you. Right? If you're slacking, God's going to treat you fairly. Masters do the same. Verse 9 says, you masters, treat them the same way, knowing that your own master is watching and keeping track, and there is no partiality with him. Paul was saying, you masters, you may think that you're the big man on your little campus, but don't forget, there is always someone over you. There is always someone over you. There's a neighbor that's a bigger landowner. There's those nasty tax collectors. There's the governor. There's the whole Roman Empire. And if you are threatening and you are mistreating your servants, you better believe that that is coming back to you. God will make sure of it. You know, the same goes for us too, though. If we're the boss and we aren't fair, God will make sure that someone who is over us is going to treat us the very same way. It may be a police officer that pulls you over and refuses to show you mercy. It may be a a company that you are hoping to do business with that just drops you like a hot potato. Be aware that God is the ultimate judge And we will always reap what we have sown. We will always reap what we have sown. In conclusion, we need to honor and we need to respect our parents. We we must discipline our children in love. Bond servants have a responsibility to obey and respect their masters. Masters also need to treat their bondservants fairly, knowing that someone is always over them. You will reap what you sow. And the last blank is serving is one of the greatest ways to please God. Heavenly Father, we want to please you. We want to look like you. We want to act Like you. Oh, Father, help us. We know we're not perfect, but Lord, may we strive with the things that we know to do. May we implement them in our lives. Dear God, thank you for this very practical lesson tonight. And I pray that all of us, that there would be something that would just be ringing in our ears and in our spirit. Lord, help us to apply that to our lives, but I pray that you would help all of us serve you by serving one another. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for meeting us tonight. Thank you for encouraging us with a message in tongues and in interpretation. 
God, we will give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.